In this episode, wait a minute, I'm going to tell you what this episode is not about. We're not going to cover 2018 goals, and we're not going to sit here and talk about how good this year is going to be to us because we're going to work harder and smarter bullshit. That's not the way we roll here at the Man of War podcast. We don't believe in bullshit motivation. We want to inspire you from the ground up. In this episode, I'm going to take you into the box here. We're going to go back, and we're going to cover some awesome highlights from 2017. We're going to listen to some powerful conversations with warrior-minded men. We're going to cover the warrior mindset, how to attack fear, overcoming adversity, leading from the front, and how to become stronger through discipline and confidence. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle-ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am your host. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. May this year bring you all the success and happiness you and your families absolutely deserve. I also want to thank you for the crazy growth with this podcast. At the end of the year here, we have grown literally a hundredfold, and this podcast continues to grow each and every week. Right now, we're about a hundred times where we were initially seven months ago. We're being downloaded in over 40 countries. That's mind-boggling to me. That is absolutely crazy. What a reach we are having, I got to say. More importantly are the awesome emails that I've received from men that have recently found us. They have been moved and inspired to transform their lives. We truly have so many different walks of lives here. We have entrepreneurs, CEOs, pilots, teachers, doctors, attorneys, first responders, soldiers, coaches, so many freaking walks of life. I absolutely love it. Man, I am truly humbled from the bottom of my heart. Since I started the Man of War podcast, my goal was to bring you the best information about becoming a warrior in today's world. I wanted to basically be the influencer and lead men in stepping into that warrior mindset, into that warrior role. I wanted to get you the information that not only inspired you, but that was applicable to your daily lives right here and right now. I wanted to share my journey with you and above all, have warriors on the show that represented the warrior archetype without question, not some bullshit artists. Our guests have been absolutely stellar. All of them true warriors in my book. I got to tell you, we've learned so much from them. They brought unique perspectives to so many different aspects of the warrior lifestyle. In this episode, I'm going to take you on a journey highlighting portions of some of our best conversations of 2017. It's truly going to be a treat for your ears. On another quick note, 
It is the second day of 2018, and there is no better time. There's absolutely no better time than right now to join the Online Warrior Development Academy. Make this year a fresh start. Go join hundreds of warrior-minded men that are walking the warrior's path and changing their lives. Go. I'm telling you, it's going to be an unbelievable experience for you. Join right now for free Two weeks I give you to get you walking in the warrior's path. Go sign up for the silver membership at forgingawarrior.com. That's forgingawarrior.com. Also, don't forget to grab your free booklet at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. And finally, go check out my new Instagram page at man of war with two R's. This year, I'm going to start doing live videos and really taking you along my journey. So hop on there and follow me. So if you enjoy this podcast and you feel you get something out of it, I'm going to ask you to do me a huge favor here. At the beginning of this year, it is so important for us to continue building momentum. And I take every year as a stepping stone to continue forward and growing. That's just the mindset of a warrior. So what I'm going to ask you to do for me is simple. I'm going to first ask you to share this podcast with other warrior-minded men that you feel can benefit from it. Then I'm going to ask you to subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, whichever format you use for listening. And finally, I'm going to ask you to please leave us a review on whatever, whatever format that you are listening on, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes, specifically iTunes, because we can really maintain our rankings and share our message with other warrior-minded men. I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart, and certainly, let's keep this rolling. Now, let's get right into the show. This highlight is from episode number nine, where we have a very deep conversation with Josh Mance. Now, Josh has just released a brand new book titled The Beauty of a Darker Soul. Look for it on bookstores and in Amazon.com. Initially, when I was shot, uh, I started to experience a lot of the uh, physiological symptoms that, that many of your listeners might be familiar with if they've read Dave Grossman's work, like On Killing and On Combat. Of course, absorbed. Um, so, excellent, excellent book. I'm, I'm so fortunate that I, that I read that when I was at the Academy, uh, because what I initially experienced was verbatim uh, what he described. It was slow motion time, fast motion time, auditory distortion. Um, uh, that being said, though, I didn't know that I was shot at first. Um, it, it kind of felt like you're standing in an ocean wave, you know, just uh, just out past the surf. And, and you know how the ocean wave kind of picks your body up slowly and pulls you back down and then picks you up and pulls you down? That, that's essentially what the initial gunshot wound felt like. I, I knew that something was wrong but didn't know what it was. Uh, so I, I tried to pull Staff Sergeant Marlon Harper out of the way and, and started to perform aid on him. Uh, until my medic arrived. And that's the point where I kind of uh, fell just for a couple seconds into this brief state of, of almost subconsciousness. You know, things started to go dark. They got blurry. I could, I could only hear echoes. And I, I just started to relax at that point. Uh, it, it actually felt really comfortable. And, and then something happened that was pretty profound that snapped me out of that and, uh, you know, my men were dragging me into the vehicle to begin the medical evacuation process. And while they were doing that, I just found myself slipping into a deeper and deeper sleep. 
until I heard one of them scream at the top of his lungs, come on, sir, stay awake. And even in the state that I was in, I could, I could hear the emotional pain in his voice. And I, I realized at that time that, that even in this degraded physical state where I'm, I'm essentially worthless, I still have to find the strength to do my part to help them help me. You know, I, I was still the leader of those men. And it, it, was, it was kind of the collective charge between that team that, that really snapped me back to full consciousness. Um, and then I was on the fight for my life uh, for, for the next half hour or so. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you know, despite the best efforts of the medical team, which was just phenomenal, um, you know, I could feel myself starting to die. And when you're dying of blood loss, you're, you're essentially suffocating, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? The, the body attempts to pull the remaining blood it has into the chest cavity to protect the vital organs. And I can really feel that happening, right? So it, it was really interesting that the, the blood would basically creep out of the legs. And as all the blood left, they would cramp up and become numb. And when that blood creeping sensation hit my stomach, it's the first point where I realized the injury was getting out of control. Um, and probably the best way I can describe it is it felt like you're doing the hardest CrossFit workout you can think of, uh, but just couldn't stop. Right. So it, it was a complete anaerobic pain. And, and when the feeling hit my chest, I, I consciously knew that that was it. I, I took my last breath, said my last thought, and I died. Up until maybe a minute or so before I actually died, um, I wasn't really thinking about dying. It, it was more just you're kind of in the fight for your life and you're just trying to stay conscious. So there's no time to really think about anything else. But when the when that kind of blood creeping sensation hit my stomach and I, I sensed it was getting out of control, um, at, really out of nowhere, um, just three names started to repeat in my mind over and over and over again for that last minute. And, and that was my mom and my two sisters. And when I took my last breath, you know, I, I can tell you that the experience of dying was the most peaceful experience of my life. Um, I, I did not have like an out-of-body experience as if I was, uh, you know, floating over my body or, or that I saw a white light. It literally just faded to black after that last breath. But what I did experience, I was absolutely still conscious for and remember it vividly. And the, the only way that I can describe that feeling is one of absolute and complete surrender to something much greater than ourselves. In episode 13, I have a very deep conversation about the overcome mindset with Jason Redman. Jason's also the author of The Trident. Look for it in bookstores and Amazon.com. You know, I think the main lesson in that moment, and it is the main thing that I come back to in everything that I do, it is that no matter how uh, difficult the adversity you see in front of you, there is always a way to overcome it. And uh, I will just say it is your attitude that will determine the outcome. So if you look at tremendous adversity in front of you and you say, there's no way I can get out of this, then you will convince yourself and you will convince the other people around you exactly that, that there's no way you can get out of that. But if you have this positive, incredible mindset of I will overcome, you know, 
I tell you what, that ferocity can create massive changes in the situation that you're in. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we were, we were outnumbered, we were outgunned, um, you know, we were in a terrible situation. And uh, our guys can do spirit and the idea that, hey, we are going to get out of this. Um, circumstances allowed that to happen. So my advice to anyone is never quit ever. You keep fighting, you keep fighting till you have nothing left. And, and that is the essence of everything that I now speak on. It is all about the overcome mindset. It is about I overcome, no excuses. Um, you, may, you may not be able to operate at the highest level of what you did before, but it doesn't matter. As long as you continue to grind it out, you know, if, if you could run 100 yards and now suddenly you're all shot up and all you can do is crawl an inch, will you crawl that fucking inch? And, and that is the, because that inch will make the difference between you coming home alive or laying there and dying because you didn't crawl that last inch. But this is what makes the difference in our breachers. And this is the essence of the overcome mindset. It is what we teach our breachers from day one when they start breacher school. We teach them this. There is no door or wall or obstacle that you cannot get through. Whether word, you have word. whether you have whether you have to go over it, around it, dig under it, or go destructively through it, you will find your way to the other side. And we we teach them this, we pound this into them so that the, that by the time they actually get into combat situations overseas, it doesn't matter what they encounter. Because what they encounter to them is no longer an obstacle or adversity, it's an opportunity. And they just see it as another problem to solve to get to the other side. And that is what has made our breachers some of the best in the world. And if you can build your mindset around that, that no matter what obstacle comes in your path, you can go over it, under it, uh, around it, or directly through it. But no matter what, you will get to the other side. You will find success. And that is the overcome mindset. In episode 16, I have a very motivational conversation with Brent Gleason. We really dive deep here into what it takes to be a leader and how to achieve excellence in life. Brent has a new book titled Taking Point being released next month. You can pre-order it through Amazon.com or at your nearest bookseller. I think that senior leaders and organizations, and these are, you know, these can be global organizations or small businesses, they're starting to realize that they need to have a mindset transformation. They're starting to realize that change is imminent and they have to learn how to lead change successfully in their organizations. But unfortunately, still today, 70% of organizational transformation efforts fall significantly short of their goals due to sort of that lack of ability to transform mindset. And if a senior leader can't do that, then the team's not gonna be able to do that. But in the successful organizations that are thriving today, they are doing a good job of what we have been able to do in sort of this post 9-11 reality as far as decentralizing controls, disseminating leadership responsibility down the chain of command. So instead of almost basically replacing old hierarchies, more so with still having hierarchy, but overlapping those hierarchies with ecosystems and networks of truly empowered teams and leaders from the top all the way to the bottom of the organization. 
And that gives senior leaders the ability to really focus on the vision, focus on the, the high-level strategy, communicating that and disseminating it throughout the organization. And it gives leadership responsibility down to your frontline troops. You, of course, have to empower them, and empowerment can only come with the proper training and the proper tools and resources, because you obviously have to set them up for success, not failure. Um, so it's, it's a complicated thing. And I think people are starting to realize what needs to be done. A lot of organizations don't yet have the, the skill set um, or understanding of exactly how to do it. And that's a lot of what I try to address in my writings and talking and my talks and, and the book and stuff. Right on, right on. So let's talk about empowering leadership. A individual that is brand new at being a leader wants to empower his team, wants to get them motivated, wants to get them going. Talk to me about that. What can an individual do tactically to get his team to that higher level and to motivate them? The singular answer to that question starts with focusing and prioritizing engagement. So just like empowerment, engagement is now another business buzzword that's thrown out there a lot. And I think a lot of leaders and managers are still struggling somewhat to understand kind of exactly not just how those uh, concepts are defined, but how they're defined in their reality, in their organization or in their team. Um, you can't have true empowerment without engagement. So some interesting statistics, according to Gallup, globally, only 15% of the workforce can be defined as engaged. So team and team members that are emotionally connected to their work, they know how their work uh, applies to driving organizational goals forward. They go above and beyond their responsibilities. They're accountable. They're trustworthy. They are trusted. And 67% of the workforce is quantified as disengaged. And that's kind of a hard team member to identify because they're generally satisfied. They're often even happy, but they're given the bare minimum. They're clocking in, they're clocking out. Uh, and they're both a problem and opportunity. Problem meaning maybe you're never going to get what you need out of them to take the organization to the next level, or maybe with the right approach and the right empowerment, the right resources and the right coaching, you'll get them up into that engaged category. And then 18% of the workforce is actively disengaged, meaning they're working against the organization. <laughs> those are the people that need to go. Um, we all know who those people are. Um, but it, it starts with, empowerment starts with engagement. Getting a team who is emotionally connected to the cause. That means you first have to get the, as they say, get the right people on the bus and make sure you have them in the right roles. Truly engaged team members who are truly empowered have to be able to answer certain questions confidently or make certain statements confidently. I'm, I know exactly how my work applies to the mission of the organization. I'm able to do what I'm best at doing every single day. I feel emotionally connected to what the organization is trying to achieve. I have a, a clear understanding of the vision of what we're trying to accomplish. I think we do a good job of that in the military and in special operations. I, I jokingly, but kind of seriously say we have 100% employee engagement in the SEAL teams, um, everybody's bought in. You know, I, it's not perfect, right. not everybody, you know, but I like to think that. <laughs> right, right, right. Check that data point, but, um, but it, it, empowerment starts with engagement. Engagement has to start with, with leaders clearly communicating uh, the mission narrative. Everybody understands what the team is trying to accomplish. They have the training, they have the tools, they have the resources to gain the skill set needed to excel in their position. 
and hopefully they're in the right position that aligns with the skills they do have or even the skills they desire to gain. Um, and then constantly, the manager's job is to constantly not just prioritize engagement so that they can have empowered team members, but always talk about engagement, have open, transparent discussions. That's one thing that's not really done very well in the civilian or corporate world is that level of transparency of communication and feedback peer to peer, especially that we have in the military, that we have in law enforcement, because we're in a constant learning cycle. And that learning cycle depends heavily on very transparent communication uh, you know, in the team room. You know, that, and that's not just bottom, top down, that's bottom up as well. You know, managing up, leading up, providing transparent feedback upward, up the chain of command as equally as it is down. And when you can do that, when you provide those team members with the resources to be successful, then you can, as a leader, and as you should, empower them with meaningful work. They understand why that work's meaningful. Empowerment can only be authentic if the work they're being empowered with is actually meaningful to the mission purpose of the organization. I've seen that and I've made that mistake before. You, you empower somebody with something important, but then you micromanage them, or you empower them with something that really has no true value and let them run with it. <laughs> <laughs> in episode 24 i have an awesome conversation with the master motivator ray cash care listen to this you know i know there's a few people like jocko and guys that said they never thought about quitting buds brother i thought about quitting buds probably about three solid times does that make me weak no it makes me human but i think having you know getting my ass kicked my whole life being told i was nothing my whole life you know, I wasn't going to fail myself, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, and I, you, people, people always go cash, you know, when you, when you were you're going through all this shit, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, it has nothing to do with anyone else. At the time when I was going through buds, I didn't want to let myself or my boat crew down. I owed it to those guys. And that's what, you know, I made it through buds the first time. Iron horse, man. I started with buds class 200 and I finished with my class. So statistically 136 started, 16 original made it. We had 51 graduate and these are all great guys, but only 16 hard ass mofos started and finished. Gentlemen, a quick break in the action. It's the new year coming. It is time. It is finally time here to step up and take a hold of your life. Stop flatlining day in and day out, burying your head in the sand, being dragged around like a rag doll. Discover who you are truly by opening up your soul, your mind, and letting go of all that poison in your life. It's time to cultivate the warrior spirit. It's time to start living the warrior lifestyle. Go grab your book to get you started on the warrior's path right now. Forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. It's a free book that'll set you on the road to walking the warrior's path. Go grab it. Now back to the show. And, you know, a lot of it's luck, but you got to get in that mindset. You know, you've got to, when shit's getting bad, man, you got to go somewhere else. You know, you mentally, you've got to go to a place that most people don't want to go. And you've just got to find your why, you know, which is one of my seven points of performance of mindset. You got to have your why, because I'm telling you right now, brother, if you don't have a why in this life, you will die. And I don't mean literally, I mean six, with success, with finance, with family, with faith. If you don't have a why, you will not succeed in this world. You will be passed up and you will be passed over by bigger, faster, stronger, 
more motivated individuals because, um, you know, you know, I do a lot of other side stuff and I, I surround myself with the best and I tell everybody I am fucking hungry and I want a seat at the table. And when you get your seat at the table, that's when you really have to start working. That's not when you, you, you slack off, you know? So keep that in mind. And I, that's a message I want to tell people. When you think you're at your top of your game, you're not. You're, you're, that's when it just begins. In episode 20, we have a super hyped up conversation with Ed Rutherford. He breaks down confidence in a way that you and I could truly understand it. Listen to it. One of the things that I believe really make up self-confidence. And when I sat down, obviously, I, I went to a place where in college I had zero self-confidence. Left. I, I cratered out. I didn't. I had no identity. I didn't know how to embrace fear. Zero self-confidence. I had no uh, propulsion to be a part of a team. I had isolated myself. I, you know, depression, all that stuff. And so fast forward, going through SEAL training, gaining all that back, going to combat, gaining all that back which shot it off on a different route, but that's a whole nother concept in terms of dealing with traumatic stress. But what are the fundamentals that are required to have a formula to rebuild your self-confidence? Because every day your self-confidence is going to get hit, right? You on the street, you might go one minute, have this beautiful call where you help somebody in a really extreme situation. You feel fulfilled. You feel that sense of that, hey, man, I just protected and served this person. This is why I love it. And then the next, you're digging a crack baby out of a dumpster. That shatters a self-confidence as it relates to society and to human, the human condition. Why does this happen? Why it makes you question even your faith, man? But the reality is you have to have, like anything, like any training platform, whether it's combatives or shooting, you have a structured platform to rebuild those basics, to get you back in. So when I first started to evaluate what they needed, right? And now I believe it's, it's every, as soon as you, as soon as you develop really logic, and, and reason eight, nine, ten, it settles into a, a greater context of your when you really start to flourish in your space time continuum 13, 14, 15. Th- th- these really pay off. So when I first did it, I came up with like something like 26 different things, right? I had 26 different ideas that you could go down and, and figure out. And then I started, well, this one's like this one, this one's like this one. And, and I whittled it down to eight. Well, I believe there are eight core concepts to really forging your self-confidence day in and day out. Whatever you're going to take that hit, you're going to get knocked down. You can tap into, you can go in line to rebuild it. You can pull out one in particular that you need to work on. But these core eight are the ones that I came up with. So mission number one, and I do everything in mission-based concepts. So cool, mission number cool. one is have a positive attitude. Mission number two is you got a PT or physical training. PT and live healthy. Mission number three is you got to motivate yourself and others on a daily basis. Mission number four is you have to earn respect. Not just get it, you have to earn it. Mission number five, you have to perpetually set goals. Mission number six, you have to live with integrity. Huge one. Mission number seven, you have to have good mentoring in your life. You have to. Plain and simple, good mentoring no matter what. And the last one is you have to have fun in the face of failure, in the face of of consequence, in the face of pain, in the face of all these things. You have to have fun in some capacity. 
On episode 11, I have a very spirited conversation with Greg Admonson. This guy speaks from the heart. He breaks down the warrior archetype. The misunderstanding often is that you're a warrior based on what you do. And that is simply not true because I'm sure that, brother, you could very quickly identify people in a warrior profession who are not warriors. Oh, right? and we yes, sir. Who are not in a warrior profession who are clearly warriors. So the, the, the warrior archetype, the warrior spirit, I believe, is within everyone. And by tapping into that spirit and that archetype, we are ultimately more effective in every endeavor of our life. Oftentimes in life, we are pursuing the spirit of the warrior through external gratification. Yet, in fact, the spirit of the warrior is within us the entire time. This is why Jesus Christ taught, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Because he knew that it would be very easy to misidentify the external pursuit with anything that could make us happy. So although DEA was a phenomenal place to work, I was still unhappy. I was still searching for something. And I knew that as exciting, as rewarding as that career was, I was not fulfilling what I believed to be my real purpose in life. So I ultimately left DEA to do essentially what I'm doing now, which is still in pursuit of the warrior spirit. That's a lifelong pursuit. We never find the warrior spirit. We're constantly cultivating, constantly refining, constantly forging, sharpening that warrior's edge. So I think the greatest gift DEA gave me was it was the catalyst, the springboard to help me realize that what I'm really searching for has been within me the entire time. <laughs> I've been searching for something for, you know, 15 years that I've had within me the entire time. On episode 10, I talk with Eric Davis. We have a straightforward conversation about the mindset that it takes to be a Navy SEAL sniper. So there's this quote. Um, I'm almost embarrassed. I have to look it up because it's on the bottom of every one of my emails. So I just don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Uh, but it goes, we don't, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Good. Very that good. was, yeah, it's a Archeolius or something like that. I'm saying it wrong, but anyone can look it up. That was the first slide, uh, or the first class of every sniper course we ever taught. And that's what it is. It's, it's the fundamentals. It's understanding the basics, understanding the fundamentals and mastering them. Uh, there's another quote, I would not give a fig to live on this side of complexity, but I'd give my life to live on the other. What that what that quote is talking to or speaking to is becoming a master at something. So we train them to such a high level, clear and concise on the fundamentals, that when the time comes in any situation, they have no choice but to fall back upon those things. And that's that's the basis of everything. And you know this with martial arts. If somebody steps in the studio and you throw a punch or a jab or you do whatever, their natural intuition, their reaction is usually a flinch to throw their hands. It's something which I, I, I train in jiu-jitsu. And from best I can tell, my, re, my natural <laughs> intuition or reaction is 180 degrees off of what I should be doing to effectively <laughs> counter. You know, at least in jiu-jitsu, I'm like, okay, I couldn't, have been, I couldn't have spun or hip shifted or turned the wrong way any faster than I did until I train it into myself. And that's what it is. And 
that applies across the board to everybody everywhere. And that's when this whole thing, sales teams, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter when you understand the fundamentals and become a master at them. That's when the performance comes. And I say that because I, at some point that's going to come up again in our conversation. And it's important because so many people want and need to excel or progress or optimize their life. They have to do it to survive, to live a good life. It's going to be required. If they don't get it into their head, that that means they're going to be doing some of the same stuff over and over again that is going to go beyond interesting. It's going to go beyond having just read a book or chatted with their buddies. They're never going to win. Just like a football player is never going to win on Sunday if they just watch some cool YouTube videos about football players playing. They're going to have to drill and practice at the basics and the fundamentals over and over again if they're going to win. Uh, so that's that's what I would say. That's how I would describe how we do it. Very good. And you believe that those techniques that you were teaching the snipers can be implemented into our lives as civilians walking this world, you know, with two feet on the ground, not being, you know, high elite operators, you know, bringing it to entrepreneur teams, you know, business teams, and basically anyone that wants to take these techniques and tactics and, and mindset approaches that you're teaching you believe that that'll work for just about anyone it goes beyond just believing that it will work it has to it absolutely has to work for anyone um and you know one of the things it used to be interesting and cool to like you know pick apart high, high performance. Like, like we could do it as almost entertainment on, you know, like when we're talking and doing stuff like this. And it was interesting for a lot of years. But when we say entrepreneur, especially entrepreneurs, I can talk at them right now. Like we live in the most competitive dynamic marketplace that this planet has ever seen. And the reason why guys are working their ass off and getting their asses handed to them and not working out and not having time for their family and not having time for boom, 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 whatever, is because they don't know that they must be performing at an elite level. The middle is going away. So there's either you're going to make it, which means you're going to crush it and do really, really well, or you're just not going to do it. It's just the, that middle space is really, really just falling out. So yes, absolutely can we, yes, we can apply these things. And, and right behind that is like you must or just give up. On episode 19, I speak with Sam Morris about freeing your mind and the Zen mindset in warrior training. Um, it's really all about discipline. You know, it's, it's all about um, disciplining your mind to be as present as possible. That's my take on it. And if you're thinking about stuff that happened in the past and you're relating to yourself in that, in some kind of past construct, or if you're getting stuck and thinking about hypotheticals in the future, you're really not present. And so bringing yourself into the present moment means bringing yourself into the native strength that's inside of you, getting outside of these past and future projections and into this pure state of potentiality, basically, which is our presence. Now, that's both a peaceful place to be, and it's also a very powerful place to be. And so, but it takes an, an extraordinary amount of discipline and training to actually be present, because for most people, they're caught thinking about the past and the future all the time. They're not really dealing with what's in front of them. And then they go into some kind of like emotional reaction around things that aren't the way that they're supposed to be. Well, who said things were ever the way that they were supposed to be? That is the absolute most fundamental aspect of any kind of suffering is thinking that things should be different than how they are. 
Hell yeah. And, and so I had to go through many, many years of training with having to accept the way that things were rather than be in conflict with thing, the way that things were and thinking that they should be different. Now, most people don't have that level of training that I have in that area. And so their minds are undisciplined. Their minds are, are caught up with, oh, I should have said this to so-and-so, or, well, I really hope that tomorrow, blah, 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 all this stuff going on, all these mental projections that aren't actually serving them because they're not actually connected to their power when they're in their mental projections, when they're just in their thoughts about the past and future. So my take on all of this is that the most empowering thing that we can possibly do is train our minds to be as present as possible to, so that you can really hit the target that you're looking at that's right in front of you versus thinking about some target that you may have missed in the past or um, you know that you're hoping to get better in the future in episode 23 i have a very thought-provoking conversation with marcus anderson he talks about beating adversity and using adversity as a gift marcus has a new book out titled the gift of adversity look for it in all bookstores or amazon.com the the way that i look at it is when I'm looking at my looking at my shortcomings, I'm brutally honest. But that brutal honesty is the only thing that can give you ferocious optimism, right? If I'm just sitting here, if you're telling me that I'm doing a great job and I'm not, and I start believing my own hype, and then all of a sudden I go out there and I'm not doing my job correctly, like you're teaching me martial arts and I'm not doing the right thing, I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to get somebody else hurt. So I need to be brutally honest with myself to figure out how to be that that ferociously optimistic. Only then can you start building up that optimism and start saying, huh, okay, I am making progress. I am getting better. Without that, we're just, um, there's a lot of, uh, gratitude is important, but a lot of people seem to just think that's the only thing you need. But being gracious is important, but you have to have the hard work and you have to be willing to put in the tough times to get there as well. And that's what the ferocious optimism comes from. The, everybody talks about purpose, but what I have found, especially in these this arena that we're discussing, everybody talks about purpose and they make it sound like anything that even comes to mind that's remotely appealing is their purpose. But I can't live my life like that. I have to have a handful of priorities and I have to make those things the most important thing. So if, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. It's the same thing with purpose. So, so I'm not, you know, ambiguous. My purpose was initially to walk again, to get through this. That was my initial purpose. I focused all my energy, all my effort on that. And once I was lucky enough to have that happen, then I said, I'm going to take these exact same steps and do with it the rest of my life. So instead of compromising and doing something that somebody else may want me to do, or instead of taking a job that may pay me a lot of money initially, but I'm not satisfied or I'm not doing something that's helping other people with my experience, that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to compromise on that. And that's what purpose is in my mind. It's, there's a, like we were saying before, a lot of people get their passion, their purpose either mixed up or they feel that what their passion is is the only thing that they'll be passionate for for the rest of their life. Um, there's a concept in there that I talk about and I, I, I actually have a figure. It's called uh, Ikigai. It's the Japanese concept of finding purpose. And it, it's very nice because it simplistically has four circles and it puts all these things down and it puts down what do you love? What is something that you can do from a vocational standpoint? What is something that the world needs? What is something that you get that gives you pleasure? All these things, they start looking how they overlap. 
So for me, I've loved martial arts and I've taught martial arts and I still do. And I'll always do martial arts for the rest of my life. Having said that right now, I need to transition more into what I'm doing now where I can make a bigger impact with a book, with a speaking engagement, with this podcast, than if I were to just sit there and um, try to follow that path if it's not doing what I needed to do to make that kind of impact I need to make. So it's okay to have a lot of interests, but a passion has to be something that you can do for the rest of your life that you're going to enjoy, as well as something that you can pivot within and create other opportunities for yourself and others in the process. Bam, what great conversations with these warrior-minded men. This is part one. I got part two coming up in the next few weeks. Now listen, everything you hear from these episodes, you must implement them into your life. You must integrate them into your life. If not, it's totally worthless. It takes action in your part to make it happen. Gentlemen, I want to remind you that everything that you do you're going to be accountable for, whether it's now at the present moment or in the future. So remember to step up your game and get battle ready always for that game of life. Now, listen up. Don't forget to follow me here. My new Instagram is Man of War with two R's. Also, at uh, Instagram, we have Man of War Podcast. I'm stepping up our online presence here big time. I'm going to start coming out with live videos. I want to be able to share my journey with you and stay connected. That's the whole entire premise behind being an online, staying connected with you guys, staying connected with the movement. That's what it's all about. And that's what the future lies in the man of war. I want to wish every one of you a happy new year. May you be blessed in everything that you do. And may 2018 bring you monster success in every facet of of your life. Until next time, remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.